Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by the Cleveland Cavaliers fans' tears and the idea that defense wouldn't matter in the next round of the NBA Finals. Are you uh, feeling happy? Are you feeling in no way sad? Are you feeling a giant sense of elation for the success that the Warriors have experienced? And maybe you just need something to bring you down. Well, if you need something to bring you down and you can't find a way to get there because you're just so goddamn happy, then use Cleveland Cavaliers Tears. Available in Cleveland in bucketfuls. All you got to do is order them. ClevelandCavalierTears.com Don't forget you can find The Goldcast on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook all under the moniker The Goldcast. Twitter is The Goldcast underscore because some jackoff decided to call themselves at The Goldcast years ago on Twitter. Put Never even put a post, deleted it, and now we can't get it. That's the truth. We're trying to get it, but hopefully we will one day. But I don't know. It may it may be quite some time until we're famous enough to convince Twitter with our famous uh, Goldcast money to give us that Goldcast at handle. But you can find us on all of those. Be sure to share, like, and subscribe. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Definitely check out, in particular, I always want to bring attention to our Instagram account and our Facebook account because those are both linked at the Goldcast. You can find latest and greatest updates. Uh, my brother, Raymond the first, he does most of the updates on there. So definitely check that out. I, I think those are probably the places where the, we're the most active. And be sure to always leave comments in, in below on YouTube and Instagram or on Facebook. And let us know what you think about um, all of our opinions because we're highly opinionated people. We're hardcore Bay Area fans, and that's why you love us, and that's why we love you. So check it out. All right. About to get started. Uh, this is going to be a first for the Gold Cast. This is a solo mission by Rudy Suisse III. I've actually never done this. I've, ever actually, I've never actually just sat and had a conversation with you guys directly. I always have either my brother Raymond Suisse I or uh, a flurry of diehard Bay Area uh, guests on from all different walks of life. I've never actually just sat and given my thoughts directly, but the uh, scheduling it was it was we had some scheduling issues with our various hosts and i finally said screw it i'm gonna do a gold cast by my damn self because i got a lot to say and i don't want this week to go by without people hearing the gold cast talk about everything that's gone down luckily we've, we've been a couple of days so there's going to be some extra added information uh that has was not available to us a couple of days ago so i think this is going to be a good thing here we go gold cast let's get busy san francisco are you ready this is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sluice III, and with me is Rudy Sluice III. That is it. It is a solo mission. I just, we had a lot of trouble scheduling everyone together. I was actually in San Francisco Monday. I was in. I was on Mission Street watching the the party go down. I, I got to see the game. So I was coming up to San Francisco no matter what uh, this past weekend to do some wedding stuff because uh, we're getting married in, uh, in San Francisco, FYI, TMI. So I was there, 
And I wasn't planning on watching game five because I assumed we were going to sweep on Friday. Actually, scratch that. Let me be honest with you. I assumed we were, I actually assumed we were going to lose. So I woke up that morning and I had that dreaded knot in my stomach, the same one I had the day that the Niners played the Ravens in the Super Bowl that I, I try never to ever mention. I've talked about that story. I'm going to talk about that to our new listeners when we get closer to football season about the worst 72 hours of my life. That's a story for a future gold cast. But in the meantime, I, I had that feeling in the pit of my stomach that we weren't going to win on Friday. It just, it just didn't feel right. It's like I stood, I stood on the tip of the, the Golden Gate Bridge and I licked my finger and I put it out in the air. And I shook my head no. I said, no, the wind's blowing the wrong way. It's not, feel, it's not feeling good, Tonto. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. And it just didn't feel right. I felt like I didn't trust the refs. I really didn't. And some people kind of thought I was ridiculous. My father, the uh, unofficial third member, Rudy Solis Jr. of the Gold Cast, the unofficial third member, he, he said, oh, God, you and your conspiracy theories. And I go, look, 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 look. This isn't a conspiracy theory, okay? Here's here's the deal. The, the the refs always favor whatever team is the home team in the NBA Finals. I, I watch the NBA Finals every single year. That they do this, okay? When when Cleveland played their first two games at Oracle, they couldn't catch a break. I remember just jumping for joy. Literally every time they moved, man, they were getting a call on them, especially in Game One. It just was out of control. So I didn't trust the refs to not do that again, especially in game four. They don't want to sweep. They're already losing a ton of money. You know, their best bet, help in any way they can. And maybe, maybe, maybe the Cleveland pulls out and gets their confidence back, pulls out a win, and maybe the series goes to six or seven and they can make some real money. I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's it's that laid out. I'm just saying that, you know, it's kind of one of those wink and a nod. Hey, hey, be real hard on the Warriors. Make them earn it tonight because, you know, if, if uh we, we can't just let them steamroll it, make them earn it tonight. It's one of those kind of situations. You know, it's not, not this giant conspiracy, but it is definitely a much more aggressive approach to the refereeing of the away team. And that's how it always is in the NBA Finals. You know, I, w- I would even venture to say it's it, often it's like that when, when it's in the playoffs as well. It's not it's not necessarily that it's a conspiracy to to stretch the game out, stretch a series out to seven games. It's They're just tougher on the away team. That's just a fact. So then I remember I get to work, and right when I walk into work, my buddy Marco, who's a hardcore NBA guy, he looks right at me and he goes, oh, you know, he goes, you know, Warriors, they're not going to win today. LeBron, LeBron, he's not going to allow for a series to to end in sweep. He's got this, like, you know, Eastern European accent that I'm I'm doing slightly. Just like there's an an embellishment to it, but that's basically what he sounds like. And he's he goes, oh, you know, there's not, you know, they're they're not going to allow sweep. The LeBron and Kyrie, they'll play good tonight. They win tonight, but you guys win on Monday. And right when I heard that, it for me, it was like the universe confirming me through the voice of this tall Eastern European man going, ah, oh, damn it, damn it. I think he's right. I don't think we're going to win tonight. I think we're going to lose. And then that 20, that those 20 free throws in the first quarter. I mean, have you guys seen a more ridiculous situation than those 20 Free throws. That was out of control. I was so annoyed. I was so angry. There was no... Is there a stronger affirmation 
to Dub Nation, to the Goldcast Nation, that the refs weren't against us. 20 free throws. Then the the almost ejection of Draymond in the middle. It just was it just became a shit show really fast. Super fast. And I was really frustrated. And now the Warriors, they, they didn't play with the 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 death grip that they needed to to get that game done. I still think that game was way within reach, but it, they just collapsed. They clap. They collapsed under the pressure. Um, they collapsed. They 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 looked tired. And let's let's just let's talk about a couple things in their defense. It's really effing hard to go undefeated for for three months straight in in this sport. Okay, they went they went they hadn't lost since like March. That's really hard. Their streak was insane. I don't even know the numbers. Someone say the numbers online. If if you're on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash the goldcast or or at Instagram. Tell me what the fight what the number was before they lost, because I don't remember it. I'm sure they showed it twenty times on ESPN. But it 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 was just it was it was it's it's hard to go that long and be undefeated. It really, really hard. And you saw you saw it slipping a little bit in game three. They eked it out. Uh Cavs. Cavs just kind of just got burnt out, and then they finally figured it out, and they put it together in Game 4. But let's go to why we're all here. We're all here to talk about Game 5, right? This is what we're here for. Let's talk about Game 5, because I think Game 5 was incredible. It had all the drama that we wanted. It started out with uh, with kind of a wonky start for the Warriors, and then the Cavs really kind of showing some dominance early and definitely making me nervous. But then the second quarter happened, and the Warriors just do what they do. And they just got into that offensive nuclear flurry. And when they do that, I mean, you cannot stop them. I was actually listening to the NBA, another NBA um, pod, the one on the ringer. And I'm not afraid to, to mention other pods on here. We all love podcasts. and I, It's a good podcast. It's a good NBA podcast. And they talk a lot about the Warriors, obviously, because the Warriors are the main focus, even though those guys aren't necessarily Warriors fans. But... They said something good, you know. When they they mentioned how when Tyron Lue, when 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 his team, when the when they start going against an offensive flurry like that, you've got to stop the bleeding somehow. You've got to stop it somehow. You got to call a timeout. You got to do something, man. You got to you got to make some lineup changes. You just cannot the we cannot let the Warriors go on a tirade like that because if they go on a tirade like that, they're gonna make you pay, and you are not gonna be able to climb out of that hole, especially on the road elimination game no, it's not going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. And I, Ty Lue, he's still learning. He's still a young coach. You know, he's only been coaching for three years. I get it. But that, it really worked to our benefit that he didn't do that. That actually worked in our favor that he didn't stop them because without that flurry, you know, it's a much closer game. It's a much tighter game, especially when we get to the third quarter. The third quarter comes and you see the Cavs starting to come back. And what was really making the difference, in my opinion, what I saw that I thought was really making the difference, it's funny how these little things in basketball, these these little minute details, because you only got five guys on each team out on the court at one time, these little minute details can really make a change. And the thing that I thought was truly making the difference uh, was the, the defensive rebounding of the Cavs. I mean, they started catching every single ball that was coming off that hoop. Every single brick, every everything that was bouncing and not going in for the Warriors, you had nothing but a sea of calves underneath that hoop. And that's what really allowed them to get back into the game. And I think that's kind of fascinating. You get to this point where you you watch a you watch a point where, for instance, something as simple as 
offensive rebounding. And if the Warriors get their offensive rebounds, they get their second and third chances, and literally they they blow out the Cavs by like 15, 20 points if they do that. But if they don't do that, if they don't do something as simple as that, the Cavs offense is so good that they're able to immediately fire back, they're immediately, immediately able to answer back, and boom, they're within five. And I remember that's when I started really sweating, and I thought, oh man, please. Because here's, here's how I felt about it. I want to know what you guys feel. Tell me what you guys feel. But if the Warriors don't win game five, I think this thing goes to seven. And and then all bets are off. I I I, I honestly, if I think it goes to game seven, I think I, I'm I don't trust the Warriors to win game seven because of last year. I think it gets too much in the heads. I I trust KD to be KD all the way through, but I don't trust the rest of the Warriors psyche to handle that kind of a meltdown. And when we got within five, when they got with the Cavs got within five, I thought. Oh my God. No, we, we can't let this happen. We cannot let this happen. We have to get refocused. And once they started, once again, coming down, getting those offensive rebounds, second and third chances, you saw that gap spreading, uh, once again, spreading all the way through. And that's when I started to relax. I really started to relax around the five-minute mark. Even though there was a lot of basketball left, it was around that five-minute mark in the fourth quarter where I started to go, Okay, and if you watch the Warriors, if you watch, especially towards that that middle of the fourth, they just started kind of marching the ball down, and there was a couple fast breaks. There was a couple. There was a couple, you know, quick plays to the rim, but you just started watching the Warriors slow it down. And then I'll never forget. I'll never forget. They started. They said over the mic. They they said, LeBron James is the only player that has made a t- made a shot for the Cavs in the last five minutes, and I thought. That's actually the best thing for us because the one guy I didn't want to see have that ball was J.R. fucking Smith because that son of a bitch was literally hitting everything. Do you guys remember that shot where where he's he's just like off of one foot, he's at the top of the key, he shoots it in for the three, and then he like slams into the floor? And, and I mean, it just, I, I thought there's no way that's going in. There's no way. Oh, wow. That went in. Okay. That went in. That, that actually went all the way in. That's, that's in now. J.R. Smith was the one person I didn't want to see get the ball at any point, at any point in, in the game. And so when I saw that LeBron was the only guy take had made a, a point in the last five minutes, I was super happy. I was like, that's what we want. Go ahead, LeBron. Play hero ball all day. We'll trade you twos. That's no problem. But those J.R. Smith threes were killing us in the second half. They were killing us. They kept allowing the the Cavs to get back in the game. And that's what pisses me off about J.R. Smith. You're going to get two months of him rolling around in a go-kart on roller skates, eating ice cream, looking up at the sky while the game's happening, and then... And then he gets in these moments, and all of a sudden he decides to be J.R. Smith. And he literally, he looks like the Warriors. His his three-point game is unstoppable, and the guy just becomes this monster. And you're just never sure when it's going to happen. And we almost made it through an entire final series without him happening, without it happening, but then it did. And it happened in game five. Of course, we had to go through four games of J.R. Smith being J.R. Smith before he finally just came alive. Well, he came alive in game four too, but really, really showed his medal on the road elimination game oracle monday night against the warriors that's that's when he really showed his medal and that was the one guy i just didn't want to see become a huge factor in the fourth because he'd been such a huge factor all the way leading up to that kevin love was eh, whatever i want to talk about an aside actually there's a one aside i want to i want to mention do you guys remember the play where clay thompson goes up 
goes up for the dunk and he gets undercut. Oh no, no, he's going up for the block. He's going up for the block. And he gets undercut and he falls. And Draymond catches him. That play to me encapsulates the Warriors and how they feel about each other and how they play for each other in a heartbeat. Clay is going all the way. I can't even. Is it a man? It's all. There's just so much happened. It's like all a blur. I'm pretty sure he was going for a block. I don't believe he was going for a dunk. But he. Tell me in the comments. He. He goes up, he gets undercut, he fly, he starts flying face first to the ground, and Draymond catches him. That was so badass. That actually might have been my favorite play of the entire game. <laughs> might have been over everything else I saw, and I saw so many amazing plays. That actually wasn't even a basketball play. That was a teammate play. That was a like, I literally got your back. I'm going to fucking catch you because you're my boy. You are my boy. And then I'm going to say this. You want to know who I saw come to help him that really made me respect him, really made respect him because his playing is so good. He's almost, this guy is almost unstoppable when he goes into the paint and it drives me nuts is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving ran up. I don't know if you saw it. If you didn't see it, check out it. I saw it on the replay. I didn't catch it the first time. I was blown away. The whole crowd, my crowd, we were over by Dolores Park, and we were just going nuts. We were just like, oh, my God, Draymond. Did you see that? He just caught him. Uh, but then on the replay, Kyrie runs up, like, just seconds behind Draymond, and he grabs his arm, and he help, he, he helps Clay get up. I have to admit, I have to admit, Dub Nation, I have to admit that that was that was pretty that was pretty clutch of him. That like he didn't have to do that. He could have been like, "Fuck him," you know. I don't care. <laughs> I might have done that. I'd have been like, "I don't care. Let him fall. Whatever. I don't give a shit. He ain't my teammate." But instead, he like ran up and he helped Draymond lift Clay back up. He like grabbed him and helped him back up. If you haven't seen it, look at the replay again. I actually thought that was super cool, and it. He really earned a lot of my respect right there. He, he, he was, that was clutch. That's all I have to say. That was super clutch. And I want to give a lot of props out right now to Kyrie on that one. That was, that was super dope. And I didn't expect that. I was very surprised. And yeah, just props to Kyrie. Hey, props to you on that play. You know what? I really want to hate your guts sometimes. But when I saw you do that play, I have to admit, I kind of like Kyrie. I kind of like him. I do. I'm not a Cavs fan. You guys all know my utter and complete disdain for the Cavs. I cannot stand this team. I mean, this heat is real. It is legit. This is like Giants, Dodgers, Niners, Seahawks. And what's kind of badass is that this these, this team isn't even in our division. Well, divisions don't really matter in the NBA. This team is across the pond on the other side of the country, and we only see them in the championship when it matters. And that's what's badass about the whole thing. That's what I like. So, But that was that was pretty dope. I thought that was awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the postgame. So we have the postgame, and LeBron says something to me that I thought was really interesting. First of all, Kevin Durant talking about he hasn't had a beer since February, and he's just so happy to sit and be talking with, you, with those guys. That was amazing. He did deserve the MVP without question. He was unfallible. He was just unstoppable on both sides of the ball. 
He was slowing LeBron down. LeBron was not able to slow him down. He was just unstoppable. But there was a part of me that kind of wanted to see Steph get it because Steph just really finally, truly turned it on in the in the finals. He was hurt the first, last year. The year before that, it was the first time there. And, you know, I think there was a lot of just first, first finals jitters. And now, I mean, they're just so used to this at this point. I thought Steph was incredible. He, I, it, it, I was like a proud dad. <laughs> I was like a proud dad watching Steph finally just come into his own. I think uh, I think Kevin Durant has also really allowed him to relax and settle into himself. But but Kevin Durant was was just incredible. Kevin Kevin really put him. He put he put Steph in a position where he didn't have to worry. His defense was incredible. I feel like we're watching KD ascend into a level that that we all knew was there, that I think OKC and the whole Russell Westbrook, who's going to get the last shot storyline situation that had been occurring there for the last several years had kind of always been stifling. And you saw a little bit of it, of what he could be when when the way they were coached last year in the series against the Warriors. Like if you, you see that series and you see KD playing defense at a level he, he hadn't played before, but you really saw the coaching playing a major part in that team and and the they were they were passing the ball they were trying to get away from this this hero ball uh culture that had really plagued OKC in the last couple of years and plagued them even this past year as well and so you you saw you got to see what he was like in a system that was you know in some ways a a uh uh a model uh, a piece of 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 how the warriors play and now that he's been allowed to be in that system for the entire season, you really saw KD ascend into a different level. And I thought that was awesome to see. I thought it was extremely impressive. Um, but going back to, let's get back to LeBron and his post-game press conference. They ask him about super teams. And he says, he says, I've never been a part of a super team. What the fuck are you talking about? Are you, you you know what that was? That was him trolling. Draymond trolled. I love how when Draymond trolled, he said, you know, if losing last year's NBA finals meant we got Kevin Durant and got to win going, you know, 15 and one or 16 and one in this year's finals, I'll take it. And that was just a great troll. That was just a, another dig, right? That's just that nice dig. But then you've got this situation with LeBron and him saying, well, I, I've never been a part of a super team. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? They even addressed this on they addressed this on the on that M, the NBA podcast. They were talking about how they're like you had you had Skrillex DJing. It wasn't you, had, you know fireworks. There was planes going overhead. It wasn't even a game. They were just introducing you three. It was a super team. Here's the thing, and we've we've talked about this before. Every decade of the NBA has been ruled by a super team. But it's I look at it like war, okay? So if you look at the weapons we were using in World War II to the weapons we're using now, it's a whole different game. Every, every, every war gets scarier and crazier, bigger and nastier weapons, right? It's the same exact thing with the NBA. Every super team is bigger and nastier than the last. You know what's going to happen, guys? I'll tell you what's going to happen. But here's what's going to happen in like five years, right? Four to six years, somewhere in there. Here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is there's going to be a new super team that's bigger and nastier than the aging Golden State Warriors. And you know what they're going to do? 
They're going to come in and they're going to sever the head of the Golden State Warriors and they're going to lift up the the Larry O'Brien trophy above our bleeding carcass and they, they will be the super team for the next decade. And they're going to go for four or five years and then someone, some super team's even nastier than that's going to come along and sever their head. And this is just going to go forever and ever and that's the way it's always been. It's what, how it always will be. Bill Russell's Celtics teams of the 60s, 70s, Lakers, Celtics of the 80s, Michael Jordan's uh, three-peat three twice in a row, beginning of the 90s, end of the 90s. Then you've got Spurs, you got the Lakers super team of the 2000s. This is just the nastiest version. It's like, you know, we've had, we've had tanks, we've had mortars, we've had grenades, we've had atomic bombs, and now we have a nuclear bomb. And then later on, there's going to be a double nuclear bomb, whatever that's going to be. But this is a nuclear bomb. And before, the most we'd ever seen was an atomic bomb. The Heat, they were, they were an atomic bomb. The Miami Heat was an atomic bomb, and then KD joins the Warriors, and now they're a nuclear bomb. That's all it was. That's, 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 that's the only real difference. But he says this, so going back to the subject, LeBron says, I've never been on a super team. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then you put together, you, you add Kevin Love into the mix with you and Kyrie. You put together your own, you put together two atomic bomb super teams. That's, that's the whole point. That was the whole point of what you did. You, cut, you started this blueprint. As, as far as free agents creating their own super teams, he really kind of created the blueprint that KD followed in, later on, you know, six, six years later. I just thought that was whack. I'm like, come on, dude. Don't pretend. Don't pretend. You, we all know. Don't pretend. You were, you were in a super team too. Don't act like you're bigger, better, or somehow more special or less special or, you know, woe is me. I was just like, come on, dude. That was weak. Don't, don't pretend like you weren't. That's exactly why you joined him. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. I mean, he was right. It was just it was two different teams, and he was the only one that did it. So let's talk about a couple other things before I get out of here. Next year's landscape. I I don't really see a scenario where these two teams don't meet for a fourth. I have to admit, I kind of don't really want to see them go for a fourth. I would love to see the Warriors there so they can get back-to-back two in a row. I don't want to see the Cavs there again. God, LeBron's been there seven years in a row. We've been there three. I get it. You know, if you're, you know, I I get it. I can get anyone not Golden State fans going, you've been there three. I don't want to see you there either. But LeBron, a LeBron team has been there seven years in a row. Can somebody, somebody please break through and give us a different Eastern Conference team to face but at the same time, do you guys see anybody that can challenge in the East, the Cavs still? They only lost one game the entire uh, uh, their entire playoff run. Do you guys see another team? I, John Wall and the Wizards, maybe? Who's going to help him? The Celtics, outside of Isaiah Thomas, who's going to help him? They have the first pick. Celtics have the first pick in the draft. That could prove to be interesting and help. If they could get the first pick in the draft and then trade for some superstar in Boston, I could see Boston possibly making a run. The tough part is what do you do about Isaiah on defense? You know, that's the hard part. That's a hard question that they have to answer. I don't think you get rid of him. I think he's too much of a spark plug. Um, this isn't a get rid of Isaiah Thomas conversation. I think he's great. I think he's great for that team. I don't even like that team, but I think he's great for that team. I like Isaiah Thomas, but I don't like Boston Celtics. Come on, give me a break. But 
yeah, I don't, I don't see, I just don't see a scenario where these two teams don't meet for a fourth time. I, I, my gut, my gut tells me they won't, that they just can't, like that just doesn't make sense. Four times in a row, who wants to see that? It just feels, I just feel like numerically, numbers wise, that that can't happen. It's just too hard to happen in the NBA. These teams do seem so lopsided right now as of you know Wednesday June 14 2017 but we'll see what happens after the draft we'll see what happens after free agency but hopefully hopefully not I mean you never know maybe the Warriors fall into like a championship hangover I don't know man they they seem pretty poised and Kevin Durant has added a new spark plug and this is his first championship this is his first time there it's not you know it's the other guy's his third time it's his first so Maybe just having him there alone rejuvenates and re-sparks him and says, let's do this. Let's dominate. I mean, you got to run while you can in the NBA. When you got a, a team like this, you just got to grab as many rings as you can because once it's over, it is over. And, you know, who knows if there's coming back? Who knows if the Spurs come back? Spurs, Spurs, look look what a, look what an amazing run they had. You know, a, a almost 20-year run that they've had. It's 18 years of of excellent, excellent basketball, winning winning championships in three different decades. Just incredible. Can the Warriors have something like that? Possibly. But, you know, in the meantime, man, might as well just try and build a dynasty while they've got the opportunity. So I don't, again, I don't really see anyone challenging either team in the landscape. But at the same time, I just don't see how they both go. Um, again, speaking of next year, do you guys think LeBron's going to LeBron's gonna leave? I think he's, I've always thought he was going to leave. I thought the second he won that championship, he'd be out. That he would, he would find a way to get out. Obviously, he's got one more year in his contract. And then he's a free agent at the end of next season. I don't think he stays. I really don't. He's he's you know LeBron the GM has, has placed the Cavs in a position where their their cap money is they, they can barely do anything. I still believe that for sure. Kevin Love will probably get traded. I know some guys at the at, at my party were going really, but LeBron loves them. It's not about love. It's about money. And they need they need to get something off the books, and the love is the biggest liability financially for them. And while he had a great year, he had a pretty great uh, postseason run. His finals play was you know a little lacking, was definitely lackluster. He he didn't have the same level of dominance they had during the playoff run, and I just don't think there's enough there. I think money wise, there they probably you probably better off to get rid of him and try and go younger. Stephen A. Smith on final take said Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I almost slapped. Hey, go for it. Take Carmelo Anthony. You literally, this team has no defense, and you're going to add Carmelo Anthony, a man who doesn't even know what the word defense means in basketball? Oh, okay. Go for it. Yeah. Awesome. I would. Lo- I actually would love that. Warriors fans, Dub Nation, we want we want the uh, we we want the Cavs to trade for Carmelo Anthony. I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. Go for it. He plays no defense. It will simply it will be even worse. I think it will. Their defensive woes are already gigantic. It'll only be worse. Last uh, note on my dear friend Cavalier Chris, who we've talked about on a couple podcasts. I have not seen him since the start of the NBA Finals. The day of, I told you guys a couple weeks back on the last podcast, he told me he believed that the Cavs were going to win game one and they would win the whole series in six. I asked him, just point blank, but you guys have no defense. What are you guys going to do when the Warriors give you start clamping down their defense and you have nothing to answer back for their defense? And he said, quote unquote, I don't think defense is going to be that big of a deal in the next round. Uh, Cavalier Chris, have you ever watched a professional sporting event in your life? A championship sporting event in your life? Is this your first rodeo? Tell me. 
It's okay. You can be honest. It's all right. I still love you. But come on. When has defense not played a major factor in any championship round of baseball, basketball, or football? Now, basketball's a little bit different. I get that. But when you have the third-ranked defense and the third-ranked offense against the number one offense and the 27th-ranked defense, I think it's going to matter. And it did. It did. It did in five games. And had we not had such a horrendous game four, I mean, they would have been smoked. They should have lost that game too. But they got they got a lot of breaks their way, and it got kind of ridiculous. And of course, you know, they just went into overdrive. Props to them. But still, give me a break. Defense always counts in championships, especially when you got a, a situation like this. First and twenty seventh versus third and third. Give me a break, man. Not gonna happen. Not going to happen, son. Sorry. No way. And I think that is about it. Oh, yeah. Last thing. Jerry West to the Clippers. Now, listen, Dub Nation, Goldcast Nation, don't be sad. It's cool. Jerry West was here for one thing and one thing only, to bring these, this team up to the level of dominance that it's at now. He made his. He made his. He, he made it. He made it work. He, he was the final guy to talk to Jerry West, I mean, to talk to Kevin Durant. He talked to Kevin Durant and said, hey, only winning that one championship, it haunted me forever. Don't be me. Don't make that decision. I think it sent a chill down his spine, and bam, we get Kevin Durant. That was his final parting gift. Here you go. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy with the front office that we have. I think we're going to be great. I think we're going to be fine. I think he's done his job here. He's going to the Clippers. If you're hearing this, maybe this is the first time that you're hearing it today, but Jerry West is officially going to the Clippers. I can't stand the Clippers. So good for them. Yeah, best of luck over there. Yeah, have fun. He's great. He's great. He's he's incredible. He can he can work magic with anybody. So I don't think it's a bad decision. He Jerry West, he loves the challenge, the thrill of the hunt. Once the team is at the level where it's at, yeah, it kind of loses interest, and that's cool, man. I like that. Like go, go work your magic. Go see what you can do over there. We'll be waiting, and we'll be here to smoke him. That's pretty much it. So I think it's fine. I think uh, I think we, we if if you're sore about it, don't be sore about it. We're good. We're good. We're our front office is fine. This was the point. The point was to teach us how to fish, then put us in the boat and send us off. And now he's going to the next village to teach the next guy how to fish. And that's it. It's better for the league. It's better competition for us. Let's do it. We want the biggest and the best, right? Oh, I, next, I don't want to hear on first t- first take again about how this t- this guy was injured and this guy was hurting, that guy was down, and this team was down, and you know I'm, I don't want to hear that. Great thing is though, we played the Cavs on on 100. The 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 parade is Thursday, so if you're listening to us, it's probably today. If you're hearing this tomorrow uh, on Thursday, that's not confusing, right? If you're hearing this today, then the then the parade is tomorrow. So uh, if you're going to go, awesome. I hope you have a great time. I'm all the way back in Los Angeles. I'm home. But it was wonderful to see Game 5 with you guys. The last time I was in San Francisco to watch a championship game. Well, no, I was also there for... No, I wasn't actually. I saw the World Series from home, Game 7. I saw that from home here in LA. But I did... I was home I was home for the, the world... The, the loss of the Super Bowl. And then when we swept, when we swept the Tigers, those are the last two times I was home. So it was nice because I I hadn't seen the Warriors win uh, at, in San Francisco. I hadn't seen them at home win. So that was really cool. That was really cool to be there with you guys and to be around Dub Nation. I hope you guys had a safe excursion on Monday. 
I hope you guys have a great time at the parade. I'm with you guys there in spirit. You can follow me at Rudy Solis the third, Rudy Solis 3RD. Check me out on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me. I had a huge conversation with a bunch of people on Twitter about the Warriors, and I'd love to hear from you guys. Greatest era of Barrier Sports ever. Greatest era of San Francisco sports ever. All we need is the Niners now to get a chip. Let's hope to get a chip. Goldcast Nation, here we go. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.